This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course, the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to flash back to Wade and Jason reviewing Raw from five years ago this week. Five years ago, Seth Rollins was feuding with Brock Lesnar. Tough Enough was about to begin. The Divas division was a complete mess. Jay Lethal had just won the ROH Championship. We evaluated whether that was a good choice for ROH or not. And much more. We talked with live callers about a wide array of topics. When I say we, that includes... My co-host on the weekly Raw Post Show slash flagship, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. This is the June 26, 2015 episode of the PW Torch Daily Cast. I hosted, Jason joined me, we took calls, we answered emails, and for the first time ever, the previously VIP exclusive after show is included for free as the final segment on today's Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show five years ago flashback. Here we go.
Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter since 1987, and also PWTorch.com, the website updated throughout the day, every day, with breaking wrestling news, analysis, commentary, TV reports, uh, live coverage of Raw as it happens, live coverage of pay-per-views as it happens, specialist columns that you won't find anywhere else, and so much more, including some flashbacks to our past Torch articles. All kinds of good stuff every single day. Bookmark it. Visit us every day. It is customized for your desktop, laptop, tablet, or phone. You can also download our free PW Torch app from the iTunes Apple, or excuse me, from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store if you have an Android device. We are on five days a week, available at pwtorchlivecast.com, and you can find our shows live there to stream or on demand after they already air and we welcome you to today's show here tuesday june 23rd 2015 in just a moment i'll welcome jason powell my co-host from prowrestling.net onto the program uh, first i do want to acknowledge the death of nature boy buddy landell i was uh, sad uh, to hear the news of his death at age 53 much too young i didn't have a lot of interaction with him over the years uh but i, I know growing up reading those newsstand wrestling magazines in the mid or excuse me the the early to late 80s um when, when they were kind of in their uh, peak years for me reading. Uh, that's where I first learned about Buddy Landau when they started writing articles about this new young blonde-haired wrestler with so much athletic ability and so much bravado who was calling himself the Nature Boy. Would Ric Flair uh, have to give up the name Nature Boy because Buddy Landell would prove to be more of a true Nature Boy than Ric Flair? Those are fun articles, uh, but he always dealt with drug issues and just really brought his own worst enemy in certain ways. Never got his life together. Uh, we'll have more to say about him on, on the uh, VIP side of things for our VIP members when we go in-depth on Buddy Landell's career. I'll be talking to both Bruce Mitchell and Todd Martin about him on my VIP uh, audio shows that I record with them every week, including Todd Martin uh, tomorrow afternoon. So uh, those who want to learn more about Buddy's career or just want to hear us uh, reminisce and talk about him, um, that'll be coming up this week. Uh, so that is uh, that's sad news. Uh, let's uh, shift gears uh, to uh, a topic breaking just as we went on the air, which is Raw's ratings. Doing only a 2.63 rating, certainly a disappointing number. James Caldwell at PWTorch.com, the uh, assistant editor of the Pro Wrestling Torch, who, cover, who does most of the uh, news updates on PWTorch.com, will have in-depth ratings details up on the website. So check that out on our website or our app at PWTorch.com. Uh, the 2.63 rating down from the 2.83 last week, which was, uh, I guess, a post-pay-per-view and uh, the fallout from Dusty Rhodes, people wanting to see the tribute to Dusty, perhaps. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was the first week there wasn't NHL and NBA competition, so maybe people tuned in to see what was happening, and you know, 10% of them didn't like what they saw. I don't know, uh, but certainly a disappointing rating, and that is something we'll be talking about on, uh, on today's program for sure, trying to figure out what that is all about. The PW Torch Livecast is brought to you every day by Audible, a leading provider of spoken audio information to become one. So pwtorch.com slash Amazon is the place to go to show support for the show and continue doing what you might be doing already, which is shopping at Amazon. All right. I want to uh, bring Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net into the conversation, and then we'll get to callers. I, I, I was okay with what they did with uh, Seth and Lesnar last night and thought that that helped uh, carry the show for me because it was weaved throughout. What did you think of the developments uh, with Seth and Lesnar in terms of hyping that match? Yeah, I, I hope they will pick a direction. I mean, I, I, just because watching Raw last week, 
Seth was a, was was very cowardly. And then on SmackDown, it seemed like he had his mojo back, and he believed that uh, Triple H believed in him and was giving him the ultimate challenge. And yeah, Brock wasn't there, but still, it just kind of seemed like he uh, was was fired up about this match. And then last night, he's back to kind of cowardly. It, it's like there's two different writing teams writing you know, for for the same characters and, and just not paying attention to consistency. I, I don't think that's the case, but that's how it comes across. Um, so I, I wish they would. I, I hope they pick a direction on this. I, I don't mind them having Seth somewhat cowardly early on, as long as by the time we get to the match, we actually get Seth being very confident. And, and, and you know, so it feels like more of a showdown. The other way of doing it is just to make Seth cowardly and have the idea be that you're paying to see Brock get his hands on this guy and then watch this guy get what he has coming to him. And, and it just, it, it I prefer the direction where Seth is more confident, but if they, I just want them right. to basically pick a direction choose, choose one or the other. You thought that last night Seth was more cowardly or less cowardly. Cause I was dealing with technical stuff while you were giving that explanation. Yeah, certainly more cowardly than he was on SmackDown. I thought maybe he had a little bit of mojo back compared to last week's raw, but it just kind of seems like they're going back and forth at this point. It's almost like they're telling you don't watch SmackDown. Just go ahead and watch raw because you're going to see a bunch of inconsistencies on SmackDown. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Well, let's bring some callers into this discussion because I am I, I want to continue to have this discussion, but let's do it with callers here on the live cast. And we'll begin with uh, Brian from Minneapolis. Uh, Brian, thanks for calling. Just confirm this is you and let us know what's on your mind today. My uh, wrestling related questions. I agree with you in, in Seth Rollins portrayal on SmackDown to Raw. I watched SmackDown last week for that reason. My, my big thing coming out of it all, though, was Brock Lesnar in the opening, the way he treated Michael Cole and the entire situation can you guys talk about that and how that kind of undermines the severity of what he did before and, and what that reinforces in kids about repercussions for their actions and even the superstars of wrestling? I mean, he apparently has to just kind of bully him a little bit and give him a half-hearted okay, and everything continues. And there's just that bothers me that it's just kind of let go. Even Michael Cole was fine with it by the end. He was calling Brock Lesnar as he would any other dominant superstar. Well, Brian, he, Michael Cole was fine with it last week, and that bothered me. Um, no, this yeah, that's week, what I'm saying. And they, they never addressed it. Like they never, they kind of did half-heartedly, but they were like, "There's, it just, I couldn't disagree anymore with that than I what I saw on Monday last night was just yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I can be talked out of it, but I was, I was okay with it. I, I, I liked it in the sense that Paul Heyman comes out and says, "What did we have to do to get reinstated? Well, we had to apologize. So to me, that's the authority saying. 
all right, we want to uh, test Seth Rollins because he got a little too big for his his ego got a little too big. And uh, and Brock is a valuable commodity, but we need to see if we can control him. So, Brock, if you come back and you apologize and you're willing to go through those motions, we'll bring you back because you're kind of a necessary evil. Um, I'm not saying there's not some holes in this, but I think what they did is they made an effort to say there was a stipulation to get Lesnar reinstated. We're not just going to ignore it. And one of them was one of them is apologizing to the announcers, which is kind of a big deal for Brock to do. But Brock is a babyface now. So how do you get Brock to keep his edge, but also seem like somebody worthy of cheering? And I would say one way you do that is you make it seem like here's a guy with a temper. When a belt gets taken from him in a situation like Money in the Bank where he doesn't even get pinned, and there's a whole fiasco on Raw, and he just completely loses it, to me that says that title means a lot to him. And he lost it because he's Brock Lesnar. But he had a chance to sleep on it, for months and he wants to come back and he wants his title back. And all he has to do is take J walk up to JBL and go, Hey, sorry, man, lost it. And JBL, of course, in, you know, respect and fear is going to accept it. Michael Cole, the whole time was saying, I don't need this. I don't want to deal with it. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just let me do my job. Just let me do my job. Cause he's scared of Brock, but he wants to keep his job. He wants to keep his job. He doesn't want to make it seem like he was the one demanding an apology so kind of from the beginning, he's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, if you're going to apologize, fine. Please don't hit me. I thought he showed a reasonable amount of fear. Now, Brock giving him a noogie, Brock, you know, putting him in a headlock and scaring him, and then just kind of rubbing his knuckles on his head and shoving him down in the chair. I didn't know that that, that, that was – I mean, I don't know that I saw that as bullying, as Brock just kind of messing around with Cole, who, in the big picture, kind of is a, is a guy who you wouldn't mind seeing Brock uh, tease and mess with a little bit within reason. And in the end, I thought it was a gesture of, Hey, I'm accepting you. I'm going to play, you know, I'm messing around with you a little bit. Um, Cause I know you're scared of me, but ultimately you don't have to be scared of me. And now I've done what I need to do. And now I'm going to switch gears and go back to Seth. So they covered a lot of bases. How did he get reinstated? Is he likable, but still willing to give Cole a hard time. So he's not a total kiss ass. And now he did what he had to do, which was smart. Now let's get back to business and get my belt back and beat up Seth. That's how I took it. Now I'm, I'm not on a super, I'm not so firm on this that I can't listen to some reasoning to talk me out of it, but I was actually okay with that as kind of a bridge to get us back to Brock on the roster and taking on Seth. Jason, how about you? I Okay, I want to back up to something that Brian said about uh, what kind of lesson this teaches children. You're not going to get one. As much as WWE wants to try to act like they're all for kids and all this, there's no lesson to be learned from WWE television, especially when there's heel authority figures that you know are going to side with the heels. And I did think they made an effort. This is kind of what they do. I, I give them credit on one hand for stopping and going, okay, there were some holes there. Let's try to fill them. But I think sometimes when they try to fill them, they, they basically bring something up that a lot of people had moved on from and they don't do a great job. And it almost seems like it's not worth the trouble. Sometimes um, I, I felt like Brock, I, I think they could have accomplished said that Heyman lay it on thick with an apology and have Brock simply say what Paul said. And, you know, the, you get the same comedy effect, which is what they were going for with him giving the noogies and that it you want Brock to be a baby face. And there's something anti-authority in Brock Lesnar's character. But I don't know that him being the dumb jock, you know, taking that approach to it and giving the nerd the noogies is necessarily a baby face move. Um, so it, it kind of seems like 
I, I think they went for comedy more so than than giving you a, a, a painting a better picture of Brock being a babyface. Now, a, a babyface is just do they give noogies, Wade? <laughs> I think ex college wrestlers do. I mean, it seems like something a a, a wrestle a guy from a wrestling background would do to a, a dork like Michael Cole, who has a huge history of being a dork. I okay. If I'm editing it 2020 hindsight, maybe I'd edit it before it happened too. I'd have Brock pretend like he's coming to he's gonna leave the ring to make the apology, and Michael Cole stand up and begin to leave. And Brock stops and goes, Why are you leaving? I want to apologize to you. And Cole's like, I really, with all due respect, don't want you anywhere near me. And then Brock says, Can I apologize to you from here, Michael Cole? And Michael goes, Yes, if that will end this. And and then Brock goes, Michael, sorry, sorry for kicking your ass eight weeks ago. You know, or say, whatever, how many weeks ago it was. Sorry for kicking your ass. And uh, Michael goes, that's fine. Please let me just go back and do my job. So there you have Cole still afraid of Lesnar. Lesnar willing to do what he was told to do. Cole, in total fear, willing to just say just whatever. Just, yes, apologize from there. And Brock does it, kind of shrugs, looks at Heyman. Heyman shrugs, and it's over. And then you don't get the nogi, and you don't even get the handshake with JBL, which I kind of don't like Brock shaking JBL's hand all that much, but I get why he did it. So, Jason, I, I totally am with you. Some, since WWE doesn't long-term plan and, and lock their scripts down, and injuries change things. I mean, there's so many injuries. It's just too bad about Tyson Kidd. Uh, you know, getting neck fusion surgery, I believe, and being out for, you know, a year and maybe his career over. Daniel Bryan, Bret Hart last week just saying, you know, he believes Daniel Bryan's career is over. Even if he says Daniel Bryan doesn't know it yet. Um, I'm not sure if Bret has the authority to say that, but it's a relatively credible source given his history in wrestling, of course. Um, you, there, there are, there's going to be changes in things. And so in this case, I don't think there were changes. I just think when they suspended Brock, they didn't have it locked down what they were going to do. So... I, this is my thing. I think that they're better off always trying to explain all the details because I think it's the only way they'll learn to make sure that they're planning ahead properly and, and, and leaving the door open for, okay, whatever we do today, let's look ahead when Brock comes back. Here's two or three scenarios we're going we're gonna to deal with. Does this situation, can we explain ourselves and transition with credibility and integrity from a storyline standpoint to this next chapter. If not, let's adjust things. And I want them to plan ahead. And if they don't, I want them to pay the price. And I want the price they pay to be struggling to come up with something that works, even if it's a single and not a triple or a home run in terms of the explanation. I'd rather have that than they're they're completely disregarding history. I don't want Nikki and Bree feuding and then being friends and no explanation. To me, that's way more insulting than swinging and trying. Whole, so, I mean, well, I yeah. mean, it, that goes all the way back to, to Nikki and refuting. I mean, it's it's just been utter chaos since then. Oh, the Divas Division is such a mess. The tag match last night, Jason. Who were we supposed to like? I I don't know. Um, I I think the Bellas just because all of a sudden you had Nikki, you know, cheerleading, clapping for the crowd, and then taking a hot tag and working like a baby face. So I guess them, even though all signs pointed to them being healed, I, I'm embarrassed for WWE. And and I bring that up in specifically because. There are such low standards in certain areas that it's sad, but if you grade them on a curve, what they did with Brock last night was better. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Brian, I'll throw back to you for uh, either follow-up or final words before we move on. Uh, I, I get what you guys are saying, but WWE constantly portrays this corporate environment. Even I was talking with a friend, if you don't work in an office building or have an idea of management within you know, a cubicle world, you kind of are a little bit behind in WWE's phrasing, the way they Triple H is the C, COO. All these chairmen, all these words, and all these hoops you have to jump through, it's a very corporate environment. And Brock Lesnar didn't do anything that resembled corporate. Now, I could accept your guys' logic in wrestling when it was presented as a sport, when we had a committee of gentlemen in suits who would meet every so often to decide who was facing who for the title. But they have this corporate management structure, this monolith. This, and, but this man is a loose cannon. It just, I cannot, it just puts even a, the strongest light through the authority and the heel authority figure role that I've seen since I started watching wrestling again, where it's just like, it, it doesn't make any sense. And for a young kid who I'm speaking about, they're not going to latch onto it because nothing they watch gets reinforced. They never get paid off. And that's yeah. what kids want in their TV shows. They never, nothing ever comes back. They don't get to see something three months later and get it celebrated. It's all mostly just kind of shoved under the rug once said and done. Yeah, Brian, in the big picture, I agree with you last night. I don't think it was as, as, as egregious, uh, uh, a situation as, as you're painting it. And I, I kind of more on Jason's side, as far as, um, you know, that you're in WWE, I get what you're saying about the corporate environment and all that. I, I totally, 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 totally with you on getting rid of the Hill authority figure. I think this whole conversation, this whole conversation is in, in large part because they have set up a structure 
with a heel authority figure and it's a nonsense structure. It just doesn't work. Um, it, 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 you run into all these problems and Stephanie and Hunter being on camera as the leaders and the family in control is the central thesis that is not seems non-negotiable for the story that WWE tells. And it's unfortunate that they put that ahead of everything else that is a price that they pay for it. I, I really wish that it would come to an end, but I sound that bell every week or two and then we got to move on because it is what it is. Um, uh, let's see here. Jason, I, I want to shift uh, to giving you a chance to plug your website and your membership early on, and then we're going to go right back to the phone lines. If you want to get in line on the phone banks and chime in on this discussion or another regarding Raw, Buddy Landell, uh, the future of Tyson Kidd, anything like that, anything in the current uh, news, heck, ROH show last uh, Friday night, give us a call, 646-721-9828. Uh, Jason, ProWrestling.net, tell everybody about it. Yeah, on the main page today, ProWrestling.net, up, injury updates on Tyson Kidd and Jamie that Sounds great. All right, we are uh, back and ready to roll through some phone calls here at PW Torch Livecast. Don't forget, you can find our show at PWTorchLivecast.com, on demand or live. That is a place to go to stream our show. Uh, the vast majority of you stream our show after the fact. You can do so through iTunes, through a podcast app on your smartphone, or streaming directly from pwtorchlivecast.com. Um, our phone number again, 646-721-9828. Let's uh, go first uh, up here after the uh, ProWrestling.net plug to air code 616. 616, please state your name and where you're calling from. This is Eric from Grand Rapids. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing good. Thanks for calling. What have you got for us? Um, my two points are, my first point is, what was Paul Heyman doing just sitting there doing nothing while Lester is getting beaten up? And the second one is... Down the road, I know they're in two different feuds. Would do you see a Ryback and a Kevin Owens feud coming in any time in the near future? And that's all I got. Thanks. All right, thanks. You know, there's a uh, variety of mix, kind of shaking up the ro- shaking up the, the the mix of the roster in terms of who feuds with whom coming up. And and I think Ryback Kevin Owens could work. Um, it really depends on if they keep Ryback strong, Jason, or maybe even more so, keep him strong and build him more. Uh, I become a fa- fan of this Ryback character. I, I kind of like the. There's always like this unexpected sentimental moment <laughs> in his promos. You know, I won the IC title. My parents hadn't talked for 15 years, and I brought him together when I, they watched me defend the title. Like the thing that I like about him that's so opposite of the Ultimate Warrior when Ultimate Warrior was around. And there's a lot. There's there's well, I should say there's a lot. There's a few things Ultimate Warrior did exceptionally. His character, he was believable, high energy, took his appearance very seriously. Um, Terrible, terrible, terrible in the ring. Um, Ryback a superior worker. What I like about Ryback, though, that that warrior was sort of the opposite of is Ryback loves being a wrestler. Ryback loves professional wrestling. Ryback cherishes that IC title. The story went around, you know, Warrior. He just he complained about when he was IC champ that it was just extra luggage. So I better get paid extra because I got to carry this damn thing around. I'm not saying his attitude didn't change over the years and he didn't mature, but back then this had a terrible reputation. I love the Ryback character being this dominating muscle head who always has these kind of brave, sentimental moments where he's willing to talk about these little personal things, whether it's the secret or how he gave up and came back or it brought his parents together. I like that he's you know, willing to put himself out there a little bit while still keeping his edge. So I could see Kevin Owens on promos having a field day with the Ryback character and making fun of him, belittling certain things that he says and that he's done. So, yeah, I mean, I could see that. But, again, I can see Kevin Owens in – tremendous feuds 
with a lot a lot of the roster. Uh, Jason, your uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I kind of see him pick a direction because we get that good humble Ryback, then we get the the big guy talk. I don't think the big guy talk is connecting the way he wanted to. I think you're you're kind of getting what you've gotten what you can out of it, and I think just him being a little more real. He was when he got in on commentary is is a, is a way to go. I wouldn't want to hear him tell stories of his parents and go you know that personal on a weekly basis. But it was a nice moment. It, it made me wish that I had won the Intercontinental title before my parents got divorced because maybe they'd still be together. But aside from that, uh, I, I think there's something there with Ryback. Uh, but I I, I I never want to hear him say the word flyback ever again. Would. <laughs> How about uh, Paul Heyman? And I, I didn't pick up on it, but Paul Heyman's reaction as Lesnar was getting beat up. Uh, you know, with that, I, okay, he stood there. It's an awkward position to put him in. You know, I, I think there's a time Paul Heyman should run in, but it wasn't last night. It has to be, things are so completely out of hand. Lesnar taking such a beating. Paul Heyman, the, the non-wrestler, the, the guy who's been basically a coward manager over the years even he is trying to help Brock Lesnar and it just wasn't last night I I, I don't know I, I don't have an all you know what they could have done to get him out of the picture but I felt like they should have had something than have him kind of stand there and watch because it, it was awkward especially when he was in the camera shot the whole time okay yep fair enough Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Our phone number is 646-721-9828. Up next, area code 320. 320, please state your name and where you're calling from. Um, this is Carl from my office. We'll give you a second to get on your cell phone and off Bluetooth so we can hear you better. Looks like you're here. 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 Hey, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Still rough connection? I got it. Are you there? Yeah, we can hear you. Go can ahead you? and uh, state your okay. name and where you're calling from. Uh, Carl from Malacca. Hey, Carl. Thanks for calling. Yeah, what have you got for us? Malacca, uh, Minnesota. My first question, my first question is, um, I don't like how Dean Ambrose didn't sell the knee injury from just eight days ago. I thought that'd be something that they could use. They could have used last night, and they could use as an out for him in matches. And I think that's. And it's a legit reason because that knee that knee beating he took from Rollins was really bad. I was wondering your thoughts on that. And then um, my last thoughts is last night seemed like it was they didn't do anything wrong, but the show just seemed kind of stale. And it's just that like the past three weeks they haven't been doing. I mean they 
they haven't been bad shows, but just with the three hours, it just hasn't been doing it for me. And a show with Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar shouldn't, it should be way more epic than that. Everybody should be talking about it. Um, uh, Carl, does a lot, do a lot of your complaints, not all of them get solved if the show's two hours and not three hours and 10 minutes. Yep. Absolutely. I think last night would have been a night where I don't usually call for it. Cause I think it's kind of a crutch, but if it wouldn't have been PG last night, I think it would have been a little bit different because that Bray Wyatt thing was pretty scary with the eyes cut out of the photos. I did not think that was PG at all. And, uh, Especially at the end, if they could have gave Lesnar a little color with that beatdown, I think it would have got Seth a lot more heat, and it would have got the authority a lot more heat. Good points, uh, Jason. Any any thoughts on what Carl had to say? Yeah, I, mean, I, I there was nothing that completely. It was creepy. The scene backstage. I don't know that you. They, they, I don't know that I'd want a kid watching that clip. I guess, but I I, I don't know that it really crossed any line. I mean, they they do go to PG thirteen sometimes, as Vince will openly admit, and I, and I kind of saw it that way. But yeah, last night's show, it, it just it, it really had a lot of low points. There were a lot of times where it's just like, why is this match happening? There's no purpose for it. They're just filling time. And I also didn't think the crowd was that great. I thought it was kind of a flat crowd from the start. They reacted to certain things. I just about, I thought they'd come lost them. Johnson that, but there were just a, a lot of times last night where I thought they're giving them enough to react to, and they're just kind of sitting on their hands. You know, I, I think you know, I, yes, so removing the show from three to two, as I asked, and Carl confirmed he thinks would help. Would help, no doubt about it. Another thing that would help at least mitigate the effect of a three-hour-long show. And everything that you talked about, Jason, even with crowd, I mean, crowd energy, too, is part of it. I mean, when the crowd is settling in, having been in their chairs for a half hour, an hour, and they're settling in for another three plus hours, you're going to have people just picking their spots to cheer. But to me, you can actually mitigate some of the negatives that are inherently built into this three hour format and these four hour plus tapings by doing a much better job caring and building the mid card and the upper mid card. If there was a sense of upward mobility, if there was a sense that somebody who's doing well in the mid-card can rise, and it's not just comedy filler, it's not just King Barrett and R-Truth with a plunger, if it's not just uh, New Day and Xavier grabbing a camera, and it's like a little bit of that is fine in pro wrestling. I'm not saying you can't have it, but I think that if they took themselves a little more seriously and had more wrestlers who you felt counted – um, and, and that what they're doing in the ring counted, I think we'd be better off. And again, I think it, some, a lot of it comes down to uh, WWE just not being willing to take themselves as seriously as, as they should um, and treat it as much like a sport. It's, it's the thing that ROH does better than anybody right now in wrestling and in the United States. Um, obviously, New Japan just blows everybody away in that regard. Japan in general has. And it's just treated as if every punch, every kick every suplex is meaningful and it's a great skill and it's a great risk and the outcome of every match counts you know when you have matches ending without decisions or inter- you know just interference after interference it, a lot of that undercuts your your desire to in- or your ability to invest in the filler between the big name segments uh carl appreciate the call say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Let's go next to 773. Uh, 773, please state your name and where you're calling from. Boris from Chicago. Boris, I knew it was you. What have you got for us today? I think you pretty much nailed it right there about, you know, with Ring of Honor, we've, you know, we're seeing a new champion, uh, a champion versus champion, a new champion um, crown, you know, of a different ethnic background. You know, taking serious, not putting plungers in your hand or making you clap and force to, you know, do, you know, try to get a, a, a characters over that you know that's not you, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to, your take on Jay, you know, Jay Lethal, his yeah. uh, j- dirt journey, his journey to being a world champion. Absolutely, great topic for us. We'll uh, take a. Uh, we'll shift away from Raw for a moment, Jason. Uh, were you surprised Friday night when Jay Lethal captured uh, both belts? Although, you know, they're going to, they say they're going to make him give up one of them. That's part of the TV storyline. I won't give too many spoilers away um, how that played out. Uh, but Jay Briscoe, a strong champion, a legacy guy in ROH, uh, signed to ROH. I, I was kind of thinking Jay might be a champ for a long time. He's good. He's got the crowd behind him. And they go with Jay Lethal, who. With the ROH fans, I think that they're largely into him as a credible main eventer. Um, I'm not sold on him as a full-fledged, top-tier, long-term heel champion. I saw him in person several months back um, against Kyle O'Reilly. Just wasn't just wasn't blown away by his his presence. I, I'm not. It's okay. Um, I'm willing. I'm open to him continuing to get better. But I don't want ROH just to do it just to prove that they can um, do something with a XTNA guy. I know they like him, but anyway, Jason, give, give your thoughts on him and we'll, we'll discuss a little bit here. He might be a guy that needs that. You know, the, the people might look at him differently now that he has both titles or at least one title ever ends up playing out. I, I think he's come a long, long way. This I, I thought his career was pretty much over when he did the black machismo thing in TA and that ran out of steam. That didn't stop DNA from running it into the ground. And then he finally ended up back in Ring of Honor. And it, it took him a time to kind of I, I rebuild some credibility with that. I don't think they were all that fired up to see him initially and slowly but surely it's worked. I wasn't surprised, but I may have been. I just remember when he when there was t- the talk of the Briscoes going to WWE. Uh, I was hearing at that time. That okay, Jay Lethal is going to be the guy. They're going to go, you know, if if the, the, if Jay and Mark leave, the, the idea 
that they were going to leave sometime around now. Basically, they were going to work that pay-per-view with maybe the TV taping, and then they'd be WWE bound. And of course, they ended up re-signing with, uh, with, with Ring of Honor instead. Um, but at even, you know, back when all that was going on, that was the talk was that they were going to, that fallback plan. And so I wasn't sure now, now that the Briscoes obviously stuck around, I wasn't sure that that, that they were going to go through with the title change, but that was in my mind. You take that away. And yeah, I think I would be surprised because if I had to choose between lethal and Briscoe as kind of being the, of the, of the company right now, I would go Jay Briscoe. Uh, do you think Jay is going to be a long-term champion, Jason, or do you think they end up transitioning him? Uh, that he ends up being a transition to give it to somebody else. I think he's probably a long-term champion because I'm looking at it, and I don't know who that champion would be. I don't think it's Roddy Strong. Um, the, the crowd going to be rallying behind him, but I don't see this being like a one-month title reign. I, I, I mean, is anyone – am I missing anyone? Is someone jumping out at you? was like, this is the guy that, uh, that you could see them putting the title on? Well, I'd somebody suggest uh, by email or Twitter – um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly might be the guy who ends up unseating Lethal, maybe right away, maybe down the line, sure. uh, because O'Reilly's kind of a feel-good, you know, Dan- uh, you know, Daniel Bryan-esque character who can really work, homegrown, uh, you know, and so and, and can work. And they've been t- testing him in main events, obviously. So that that name jumps out at me, and I could also see it, you know, going back to Jay Briscoe, and they just, you know, don't they end up not being super predictable in the sense of once the belt changes, they don't give it back to the guy. Yeah, I, Kyle O'Reilly makes a lot of sense. He's been a PWG champion, which is usually a, a sign of things to come. And I, I think the guy has tremendous talent. I hope they don't rush into that. I, I hope they really you know, do a good job of establishing him as a singles guy. I mean, you could surprise people with it because he's known more as a tag guy right now. But I, I hope they give him the proper buildup because the sky is the limit. I, I like Kyle O'Reilly more as a heel than I do as a babyface. It's probably because I just haven't seen enough of him as a babyface, and so I, I I shouldn't say that you know too strong in that. But I just uh, he definitely has uh, an it factor. But I I want them to crowd you know the the fans a chance to warm up to him as a singles wrestler. Yeah, and and I think as a babyface champion, being an undersized guy, it doesn't matter as much in ROH. But I think his his future as a champion is probably better as showing that great fighting spirit and being smaller than his opponents. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm not, again, like I said, I'm not against Jay Lethal. I'm just not sold on him being, and I don't want to sound like Stephanie McMahon here, but I'm not sold on him being the face of ROH quite yet. Um, he's made great strides, um, but I, he, to me, he's just, he's in that category right below centerpiece champion. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's done some good work, so we'll see if he continues to uh, climb up. Um. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, well, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, VIP member Carlos, uh, Erico319. Uh, what city are you calling from, Carlos? Cedar Rapids. All right, great. Uh, what have you got for Jason and me? Well, first, I, wanna, I haven't been on here for a while. I wanted to congratulate you, Wade, on the Hall of Fame. And oh, thank you. The induction, the induction in the place of my birth, Waterloo. The original hometown of Thunderbolt Patterson. And um, just wanted to talk about the Divas division right now as far as because I, I, I wanted to chime in on what you had mentioned earlier. You kind of took a couple of my points, thoughts, and just I was very frustrated with the match last night because there were no clear heels, no clear faces. You wonder, who am I rooting for? Am I rooting for the Bellas? Why should I root for the Bellas? I know Naomi and Tamina are heels. I think they didn't turn them. What about Paige's role? I guess she's a face, but she doesn't. Well, she acts heelish, and WWE wonders why most of those acts are not over. And I just wanted to just get some discussion on that because I also had a suggestion after that. What get you guys thoughts on a possible suggestion to um, overcome this issue? Uh, Jason, I'll throw to you first on this one. I mean, I, it is a it's easily solvable, but doesn't mean WWE will solve it. No, I, I'm starting to wonder, is this just a rib at this point? There's a whole division, like <laughs> just them going back and forth, just trying to get a rise out of everyone because it, otherwise yeah. it, there's no other explanation that makes sense, Wade. I, I don't know what benefit there would be 
from flip-flopping like this and, and making it just impossible to follow from one show to the next. I, I, I hate to say that it being a practical joke might be the only sensible explanation, but it is so absurd what they're doing with it that I don't, I can't imagine it's a sincere effort. I mean, uh, Kevin Eck had written about it, uh, ex-created team member and wrestling columnist saying in a blog that he wrote about his experience there that, you know, the idea was that, that there aren't going to be baby faces and heels in the Divas division. They're just going to all be these reality TV housewife of some rich town type characters where you kind of pick the lesser evil and they all just bicker and fight. And I hate that. I just hate that. I, I don't think it works in pro wrestling. I think it's demeaning to, to women. I, I, I don't know if they're, is it some, Jason, is it some diluted, uh, misguided attempt to turn everybody into Ronda Rousey because Ronda's so just kind of unapologetic and all business. I mean, it would be a joke of an attempt to emulate her, but I just can't, I really can't fathom that this is other than what I said, which is, well, all women are just uh, unlikable housewives. We're just going to give our male audience a chance to just watch them come out in skimpy outfits and beat each other up and, and be catty. I tell you what, if this is their vision of what Ronda Rousey is, they don't get it because it, no. you know, I mean, there's, there's athleticism there. There's just a confidence there with these divas. They're all just catty and, and Paige is kind of the exception, but I don't see, I don't get the feeling like the fans at home are rallying behind Paige because they're confused. It, it, they're, she's feuding with the Bellas who can't decide if they're heels or baby faces. She's talking to a locker room about the Bellas and they don't seem to think it's a problem. They just stand there with scalp on their faces. So they're all unlikable. I, at this point, I don't want to see anyone called up from NXT, leave the women's division alone, pay them appropriately. And, and because they're going to get here, they're going to get to, Austin, it's just like been with who was once that NXT people couldn't wait to see get called up I, until they changed the vision of the Divas division. It, it's, it's just a, a complete waste of everyone's time to call up anyone from NXT. Uh, yeah, it it almost seems like they would need to completely, Carlos, change whoever is in charge of creative when it comes to the Divas. I mean, I, I just I can't imagine the person behind uh, how they portray them now as somebody that I'd have that would have the ability to shift gears. If it were if it's Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn, there's not a lot we can do about it other than hope that Triple H uh, stands up and speaks up and makes a persuasive argument. Otherwise, uh, you would think Stephen McMahon uh, being kind of called out publicly by Jericho, not it, Jericho wasn't intending to, but it came across that way. She looked really bad when Jericho asked a rather innocent but obvious question, which is, well, if you want your daughters to look up and around Rousey so badly and you are in charge of the Divas division, why don't you have Divas who are worth looking up to like Rhonda is? And Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, that's true. I could probably do something like that. I have that power. Like, it was almost like, it was like this, This, you know, you were hoping like this little thought bubble went in her head, like, wow, I could actually, I could actually create a Ronda Rousey character. Yet, instead, we've seen a degradation of it since then, at least in my, my view. Uh, Carlos, any follow-up from what Jason and I had to say? Yeah, I agree with Jason that, but especially with Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, keep them in NXT right now. If you move them up, they'll get lost in the, in the shuffle in the main roster. Look what they did to Emma. They just, Wreck that girl. I think with some of those divas, they just need to just probably fish your cut bait with some of them. And I mean, because I, I do have a suggestion that if they have, they have to change whoever's booking the division for them to even think about doing this. But using that word to put like a 30 minute divas only show, just tape a couple of matches between before Raw or SmackDown, if people, you know, 
if it doesn't elongate the time people are in the arena and they can work their own programs and just have them there. And use them on the main roster as a special attraction like they used to do back in the old days. All right, Carlos, I, I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, we're always uh, looking for improvement. Yeah, pretty much always looking for improvement in the, in the women's division in WWE. TNA has, has been hit or miss, sometimes missing badly, sometimes hitting pretty strong. Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, um, one of the more memorable feuds, but they've, they've hit on other things over the years. NXT just, yeah, universally seems to be rightfully so praised by people. And I, I just hope as, as Triple H gains more influence behind the scenes and more trust from Vince McMahon that, that what's happening at NXT is something that Hunter will will try to bring into the fold in terms of how women are portrayed. All right, up next, let's go to area code 478. Hey, oh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. You know what I'd like to see on Tough Enough tonight? The, the drill for the women only is that, like, Jericho stands there with a sign that says, Keel, and then they start cutting a promo, and then he spins it over, and they have to mid-promo <laughs> go, go babyface and just keep doing that. I mean, that's what they need to be preparing them for. That's true. Yeah, no, that, that would be the actual honest way to prep them for doing promo. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Uh, back to the phone lines we go, and we'll go next to area code 478. Uh, 478, thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Darrell from Georgia. Hey, I, hey Darrell, what do you got for today? Good, okay, good. I good got, evening. Um, I got a question that um that I posed last night after the um po- on, during the post show. Um, I have a question. I just want to hear y'all thoughts on it. Since I think I heard you said Wade was this was the age of the mid carters, like nobody's real main eventers right now. And I know everybody complained about Seth Rollins as being a weak champ. Um, I was thinking that it was the roster who was kind of weak because you don't really see too many people that you can put with the title and give a real run with it. And it feels some type of way like it's a good run or anything. And I feel like Seth Rollins is, um, could be a main eventer in any other time if used correctly. And I think the person who's going to be the real main eventer is Kevin Owens and how they building him up. Do you think that um, we have been fooled since when Brock first came back? He was really just in a feud with John Cena, Seth Rollins, and then at the end, Roman Reigns. And since he missed so many dates in between, that since it's a roster full of guys who you can't push to keep those feuds going and burning them back to back, do you think it's because it's the land of mid-carters now that we all down on Seth Rollins and when do you think Kevin Owens would get the title? Because that's who I feel like would be the next person who would get the title once Seth Rollins dropping in about WrestleMania time. 
Uh, Jason, I'll throw to you first. A lot of a lot of stuff thrown at us there from Darrell. What do you uh, What do you think? I'm not down on Seth as champion. I, I, that was one, that was I, one I mean, thing eventually, I yeah, eventually the title reign is going to come, and it could be Owens. But I guess let's revisit this after the next. Uh, not the not the show in Japan, but the uh, uh, Battleground Live special. If uh, Kevin Owens loses that match to John, uh, are, are, Darrell, are you going to feel this? Are you going to feel like it's inevitable that Kevin Owens is the guy? Or are you going to start to worry that, oh, did they just bring him up? And you know, he's, like he's Carter, he's too, once seen us through it. I feel like he's the guy. You'll still feel that way if, like if he loses? Because it's a journey that he's going on. And this is the way that everybody felt like Roman Reigns should have been built up. And now he would have been in this main event status as a true main eventer, that they build him up to knock down levels before you get there. I don't care if you get knocked down a couple of points, but he's performing well within getting knocked down against John Cena. Even though he lost last month, I wasn't one of the people who felt that he should have beat John Cena. He uh, got mad if John Cena beat him because the, I looked at the whole outset of the match, what happened after, before, and the night after, and he formed in all categories. And I feel like that's how they used to build stars. That's how they built John Cena. And that's how they built in Kevin Owens. And he's the true next main eventer. And, and hey, if he does lose, you're absolutely right. I just want, you know, I don't want people to get too high going, he's already beat John Cena. He's the next world champion. If he loses the next match to John Cena, it's, I don't feel like it's time to hit the panic button, but you just never know what they're booking. What's next for him? I think they'll keep him strong. I do think there's a there's a chance that he becomes a world champion someday. I just don't know if he's the next guy or not. I, I want to see what they do with Seth Rollins. I don't even know if Rollins makes it through SummerSlam as champion. I, I hope he does because I think he's doing a good job. But let's see where things go. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Jason, who's more likely to be a top, top pay-per-view, month-after-month main eventer uh, one year from now? After WrestleMania 32, who's higher on the roster? Let me put it that way. Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens? I think Seth Rollins still is. I mean, it's tough because there's that window. I don't want to just put a time frame on it of just one year. But I think over time, I think they're going to gravitate more to Seth Rollins. Doesn't mean Owens isn't going to be successful. But I do think that they rightfully see money in, in Seth Rollins. And I think they're making money on Seth Rollins right now. I just don't. It's still... I think Owens looks fine. I don't. I don't have a problem with this look. I don't know how Vince McMahon is is viewing the look, and if he sees WrestleMania main eventer as we've talked about before, the Owens currently have. Is uh, is it worth or I should? I'm trying to decide between two ways to phrase this. Is it Kevin Owens' fault that the ratings are not doing better? And even if it isn't, do you think Kevin Owens is is getting part of the blame? I, I, I don't it's, – it's hard, Jason, to know how Vince McMahon might look at things and if he's looking for a scapegoat. But if you join this, us in progress, uh, 2.63 rating last night, not impressive, especially with Brock Lesnar returning, Roman Reigns on the show, John Cena returning. Um, I mean, it's just – it seems like they should be doing better numbers right now. I know, you know – Maybe what they did last night will result in an uptick in ratings next week if people think Brock will be around. But it does, uh, as, as valuable as Brock is for as a special attraction, when you're trying to sell people on five hours of TV in primetime every week with Raw and SmackDown, when you give that much of a push and that much credibility and that much TV time to somebody who's not there all the time, there's some good, there's absolutely good with that. He's not overexposed. He's a special attraction. Paul cut a great promo in that regard. 
But the downside is people kind of go, wait, it, it, you know, they've got a top star who I'm not going to be able to see very often. So I'm curious how all that plays out. But back to Kevin Owens, Jason. Is Kevin Owens, do you think, getting some of the blame, or do you think it just kind of gets spread out pretty easily? You're breaking up a little bit. I got the question. I don't know if there's anything you can do. Figure it um, Owens, I don't think Owens gets it. If so, they're really misguided because Owens is doing a fine job. That yeah. that feud isn't the problem. I, I, I really don't think Led and Rollins. I, I'm more concerned. Look at Seth Rollins and saying he brain needs to end. You know, do they do they start yeah. looking at the being and, and and feeling like someone else would give them a better shot at boosting the rating? If they did a good number last week. It was definitely down this week. I guess the one charging aspect of it was that the rating grew shower. It wasn't one of those where it started strong and just completely faded by the end. It was the opposite. I, I, if I'm them, I'm a little bit worried about Brock Lesnar and, and his drawing power right now because he just returned last week. But they need to point the finger at themselves because it's not like they told you Brock Lesnar was going to be back on the show this week. I don't think people, I know right. they like to have that mystery there and for like next week. He's not advertised. He doesn't look like he's going to be on raw. He's there the following week. And so I think they like to try to not tell you when he's going to be there. So the weeks that he's not, you tune in. He is. If you know, he's going to be there. Just tell us. I, I don't know why they take that approach. I agree. I mean, I, I am amazed at the lack of hype for SmackDown. I'm amazed at the lack of uh, hype for some of the bigger names and some of the bigger things that they do. And then sometimes they announce things where you just wish they didn't because it's not something that you actually want to watch. Um, Randy Orton is ice cold. Uh, Wade Barrett's been deme- demeaned, demoted. Uh, I mean, there's just there's a lot of talent on this. It's Cesaro being underutilized. It, it just it is frustrating. They're, they've done some good things. You know, I mean, Kevin Owens is is super entertaining and, and a great guy to promote. Sami Zayn, it's unfortunate, went down with the injury. Uh, one of the Usos goes down with injury. I mean, that's part of the game, uh, part of the pro, you know, part of what they do. Although you could, as Bret Hart would say, you could they could be doing a better job keeping people healthy. Um, I don't know what the quick answer is, but I talked about earlier making that mid card seem more important would be uh, a big part of of helping that happen. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. 
plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, add free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's go next to area code 8914. Please state your name and where you're calling. Uh, hey, guys. It's Sean calling from Stanford. Hey, Sean. Thanks for calling. What have you got for us today? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to know if you guys happened to see that um, promo last week on NXT for Finn Balor. And uh, what do you think of, uh, you know, what's going to happen with uh, him and Kevin Owens? I mean, you think that Owens is going to drop the title to him on, on that Japan show? Uh, Jason, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. They actually plugged the show last night during Raw, which was nice to see, but they didn't plug that match on Raw. Did you see last week's NXT, and what do you think about Balor Owens? Yeah, I'm all caught up on NXT, and they, they've made a bigger fuss over that match, uh, really starting the week before than they have on Raw. Raw, we had one commercial. It's kind of the forgotten live special, and uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if they do more with it coming up on you know this uh, this next week on television, or if it is just... If you see it, you see it. I, I don't know if they got kind of cold feet after having so many live specials here over the last uh, you know, eight, two months, basically, that now they're kind of like, eh, let's hold back on this one and focus on Battleground. Um, but I do think we're going to see a title change there. I, I guess I'd be surprised if we didn't. I think uh, that's uh, the, the fact they're building it up so big on NXT television and with Owens being a main roster guy now, it just kind of seems like it's only a matter of time before he drops that title. And uh, who knows, maybe he replaces it with the U.S. championship. That's right. I liked Owen saying, I, I didn't really want the U.S. title, but John Cena, now that I see how much it means to you, I kind of want it just to take it from you. That's a heel promo. I mean, I, I thought that was a good transition into him coveting that belt after not caring about it. Uh, Sean, anything else for us? Uh, no, that's all, guys. Thanks. you got a great show. Hey, guys. It's Scott, VIP member, Jamesburg, New Jersey. How are you tonight? Thank you for calling. What have you got for us? Um, wait, I agree with you, just what you said. I enjoyed the promo last night for the Japan show. It was good to see them at least bring it up last night on Raw, and it looked pretty cool with them talking about Lesnar and just talking about the setting being in Japan. Can I ask, though, guys, could you somehow see at Battleground Kevin Owens getting involved in the main event? Um, I know that they went right when he came in early on when he first came on to Raw. Stephanie made like a passing comment to Triple H about how he knows how to pick them. And I, I know you've already put him to the top, and where does he go after Cena? But maybe to set up a, John, uh, set up a Brock Lesnar-Kevin Owens match for SummerSlam, because I all along thought it would be Seth Rollins versus um, Brock at SummerSlam, but now he's back for Battleground. Could you guys see there being some type of Kevin Owens interference to help Seth win, to help out the authority? What's your guys' feelings on that? Jason, I'll throw to you first on that one again. 
That match is rumored. I don't know if it's more speculation than, than like uh, someone is hearing rumblings of it. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Owens and Lesnar, that is. Um, I If they don't go back to Rollins and Lesnar in a rematch at SummerSlam and Brock is working the show, he needs an opponent. I would think that Cena and Owens is probably going to be not completely over, but at least uh, you know put on the back burner and they'll move on. Uh, they'll have new opponents coming out of the rubber match that they're about to have at battleground. So maybe I, I don't know if it's because of, because he gets involved in the main event or how that's going to play out. But let's say for instance, wait, if he loses that match to John Cena, that's a pretty good way for him to get his heat back as to uh, do something to Brock Lesnar in that main event. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, part of me thinks Owens needs to brew at, and establish and grow some roots as a top main event guy before you feed him to Lesnar because I just I mean unless they're just ready to go all in with Owens as a full-time dominant lead heel I don't know how you get through Lesnar Owens and to me Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar feels like a dream match if things are done right for WrestleMania 33 like keep them apart keep Owens strong and go there one thing I didn't like last night Jason is Owens bringing up that and I get the context. Hey, I don't care what people think of me. Uh, people call me a slob. It's why I look the way I do. I don't like Kevin Owens talking about using the word slob in regards to how he looks. I know that Vince McMahon might look at him and go, yeah, he looks like a slob to me. I wish he, I wish, I wish he looked better. I mean, oh, I don't know. I don't want to put words in Vince's mouth. Or maybe Triple H and Stephanie judge him in that regard. Who knows? I, I don't like that being part of his scripted promo. Because when I watch NFL linemen, I don't think slob. I think they're, they carry weight on their bodies because it's part of their job description. And they're athletes who do incredible things on the field. I, I, I did not like Kevin Owens associating the word slob with how he looks when you look at him. Because I honestly don't think most people who aren't sitting front row at bodybuilding shows like Stephanie and Hunter think slob when they see him. I think they think he's a badass with a big with, with a gut, but he's a badass who delivers in the ring and it doesn't matter. Yeah, I wouldn't have brought that up either if I were, you know, if, if that were uh, me or or I'm scripting that promo. I just I think it's unnecessary and you just never know what's going to catch on with the crowd. And that's the last thing you want is like crowd chance uh, ribbing him about his weight. So hopefully that I don't think that's going to happen coming out of that one. But I yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like he needed to go there. I, I think they've done a good enough job with him where people just accept that he's Kevin Owens and they're not worried about the, you know, that he doesn't have the bodybuilder physique. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Scott, anything else for us? Wade, want to just compliment you and Bruce at Bruce Mitchell Audio, where you guys sat down and dissected that Dusty Rhodes special. It was unbelievable. Great listen. Um, I've already complimented the coverage you've done with Dusty Rhodes. It's been amazing. A-plus, top-notch. Thank you very Good much. Night. Yeah. It's been great. So, wait, it's been amazing. And, you know, the interview you had Thursday was great. It's just been, you know, just like they, you've said and they've said, Dusty would be so happy to hear him getting out of the 48-hour news cycle, just the impact he made and just the talk that's gone on for the last couple of weeks. Um, Scott, I always appreciate your kind words, yeah. And I, I do have one more question just about timetables, yeah, yeah. about guys coming back. How do you know they've shown the Rusev? Is there any timetable of when he'll return from his injury? Have you guys heard? I haven't heard a timetable, or at least not that I remember right now on the spot. Jason, do you? Uh, for some reason, I, I don't remember for sure, but I want to say it was a couple months was, was the initial timeline they gave, but I, I could be yeah. up. For some reason, that's just that jumped out at me. I, I heard, other- yeah, I mean, I heard, I heard like 
early fall perhaps, but I, it, again, I, I don't know that they know. I think there's a broad range to be fair uh, in terms of when he's ready. I'm not sure that, you know, the way they're portraying him in the meantime is, is all that wonderful, but they are keeping him on the road and keeping him on TV, but they're scripting him to be oogling somebody else and, uh, and have his, his uh, wife, you know, making out with Dolph Ziggler. I went for a bike ride earlier today and there was a guy not wearing a bike helmet, wear your helmets, kids. And uh, it was hilarious. Well, it was hilarious, but it could have been really bad because he was coming at me. And all of a sudden, he just swerves into my lane. And he looked a little bit like Rusev. And he was staring at a woman bending over tying her shoes. <laughs> and, and, um, and I had to yell at him. And I just jarred him out of it. But it was totally like, like Rusev getting mesmerized last night. And it, but it all, it, I could, honestly, I could have been in the hospital right now instead of doing the live cast because he was coming right at me. And he, it was at the last second he swerved out of the way. Um, so anyway, that, that stuff can happen. So there's my personal, personal story for what it's worth. Um, it, uh, Scott, appreciate the call. Appreciate your kind of words about VIP. Jason, I, what do you think about how they're do, handling Rusev in the interim before he can wrestle again? A lot of people complaining and I understand where that's coming from. Yeah, he, he looks a little silly. I, I think they can get him back to where he needs to be. You know, it, it, I just worry as time goes on, they're going to dig a deeper hole. But, you know, if, if, if right now, if he were healthy, it's nothing he can't come back from. But I, the, the thing that, that I fear is this new relationship with Summer Ray that they teased last night. Boy, I, I mean, I don't think Dolph Ziggler and Lana have any chemistry, and I just can't see Summer and Rusev having any, any more than they do. I, that just give up on this Lana thing. I don't know why they can't see that there's no chemistry with her and, and Ziggler. Just yep. get them back together. I, I, enough of this. All I see when I see Ziggler act like he likes Lana is I want to be respectful to Rusev and not really seem like I'm really into her. And then, you know, and then when they make out, it's like, I mean, like last week he was making out with her. And then as soon as he got done making out with her or kissing her, he starts, he's, chewing his gum again it's just like it's just gross it's just he's just he's just so clueless in certain ways last night they really made out after the match much more so than the previous week in order to you know get rusev to throw a fit i just feel uncomfortable with it because i and i understand hollywood is hollywood and it and this stuff happens in movies all the time but i just don't like when they script it's one thing to say lana's got to be a baby face because the fans love her okay she's got great legs Vince McMahon, so we got to turn her baby face that's fine, but you don't have to immediately start scripting her to make out with another guy in the roster. And and I just my antenna goes up and I get suspicious that there's sinister intent and it's not just done for storyline reasons that they like testing and messing with uh, relationships of guys could be wrong. But there's a history there of things not going well when somebody scripted for a breakup on air. And it often happens off air later. Kevin Sullivan and. Uh, Nancy, uh, woman, uh, being similar with Benoit. Um, it, it just, I mean, it's happened before. So I, I don't like it for so many reasons. Um, and I think it doesn't work for Rusev either. Um, as well, and, and wait, I mean, I, I'm with you on that part, but just looking, I mean, this is their plan for Lana. I mean, Rusev is hurt, not her. This is their big plan for her to launch her yeah. as a baby face is to have her awkwardly make out with Dolph Ziggler and, Oh, now she let her hair down. This is bad. Where's it going to be six months from now? This is brutal. 
It it is brutal. It is bad. I I I just want Lana to be with Rusev. Let Rusev be a heel. Let Lana be sexy and and do her best to stay heel. Um, and and let the chips fall where they may. I just want them to get back to that when Rusev comes back. Um, uh, Scott mentioned it. The uh, Bruce just to clarify uh, the Dusty Road special that aired uh, eight days ago on WWE Network still available. Uh, it was about an hour long. Bruce and I queued it up and pushed play at the same time and invited VIP listeners. VIP members of the torch to do the same thing. And we talked in real time, no positive, no nothing, just talked through it, pointed out who are some of these characters or characters, who are some of these wrestlers in the background? Um, what was the real story? What did they skip over? What was left out? What did they just absolutely nail perfectly? Um, what is the context of some of these matches? How long uh, was Dusty in WW, uh, in the WWF? How many matches did he have? How did that did that overlap with his runs in Florida and on TBS and how long was he a national star on cable and who was number two, who was above him, if anyone, all that stuff, just really put it into context, but you get to follow along as we pointed out as it aired on the dusty special. So that's a very cool uh, feature that we did last weekend. And it's a great reason to go VIP pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All right. Up hey, next, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, out and about like I was and you didn't have time to sync it, it's still very, a really good listen. You don't have to watch and listen. I'm sure that would add to it, but uh, you definitely don't need to. It's a really good audio show. A- absolutely. And if you've seen the documentary, it's only an hour long. You got, got a pretty good idea of what happened and absolutely you right. can listen to the show and then go back and watch the documentary and a lot of the stuff, you know, would, would it would add context to a lot of stuff. So that's something Bruce and I have done in the past. We did it with the wrestler movie that came out in the early 70s, I think 73, 74, um, that Vern Gagne starred in with Ed Adner, Asner and cameos from uh, Ric Flair and uh, Billy Robinson was one of the co-stars and it, a lot of lot of cameos. Dusty Rhodes, by the way, speaking of Dusty, was in the wrestler movie with Dick the Bruiser in a bar scene. Um, or excuse me, with uh, Dick Murdoch in a bar scene. Really uh, cool real-time commentary throughout the whole wrestler movie, too, that Bruce and I did. And uh, Pat McNeil and, and Jim Valley do that regularly. Um, in fact, every Sunday, they do an hour of a past event. Um, and it goes for uh, you know the length of the event, usually three weeks in a row where they are covering an event and uh, the current one that they're doing. In fact, just Sunday, they put up the third hour of the great American bash, 1989, including war games and flair versus funk. And they do the same thing. They sync it up. So uh, you can listen in real time and watch what they're watching as they comment on it. And Jim and Pat uh, followed wrestling very closely. I have followed wrestling for decades, very closely, and they do have a great time doing these shows. And so again, the live cast gives you a lot of content throughout the week, but really the top shelf stuff is, and, and such a wide variety of stuff. Um, the vast majority of it is is VIP on the VIP audio side of things. Same thing with Jason's site too. Um, we definitely uh, take pride in the PW Torch livecast, no doubt about it. And we're proud of this show, and I'm proud of the whole lineup. Uh, but VIP gives you a much wider array of content throughout the week and a lot of different formats. Uh, that's really cool to uh, to, to experience and, and have uh, carry around with you on your phone or have access to log in on our ad free website. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com.
to the phone lines here for the final minutes of the program. Let's go 718. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, fellas. This is Mike from Brooklyn. How you doing, guys? Doing good. I always love to hear that Brooklyn accent. Makes my day. Go ahead, Mike. A <laughs> um, couple things. Um, with this lackluster raw last night, I mean, like I agree with everything y'all said earlier on. Nobody's really over anymore. Same guy's been on TV for the same 10, 15 years. Point in case, Kane. Kane has been through every coronation and has been on TV approximately 20 years with this company this summer. From Isaac Yankin up to now. It's actually 63 years. 63. I have to correct you. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, it goes back to 52. He debuted on WWF Superstars in 1952 on the DuPont Network. Wow. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Right. See the things you learn here at the PW Torch Livecast from Wade Keller? Right. It's getting sickening watching him, Mark Henry, and Big Show time and time again. And I think you guys are on to something. I think that July 4th special, I think, you know, with the package they did with uh, Finn Balor on NXT, I think that's hyping up, you know, his big title win. And I, you know, foresee a feud with him and Samoa Joe over that title, you know, over the fall. Also, I wanted to, you know, get you guys' take on Bret Hart's comment on a muscle buster. Being as such that Tyson yeah. Kidd took it and, you know, now it's a, a dangerous move when 30,000 other guys took it and you never really heard about them getting hurt. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point, Mike. Um, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, and, and the Muscle Buster as the two topics uh, Mike brought up. Uh, uh, Jason, you know, uh, Brett, yeah, I'm all, I mean, Brett has credibility in a lot of ways. And then there have been times in history, especially as it relates to fellow Canadians, where you have to scrutinize his comments. And I, I understand it's super sad what's going on with Tyson Kidd. Um, neck fusion surgery, out for a year, could be career ending. Some guys have come back from this. Um, I, but I, I don't know if, if Brett is overreacting. What, what, is you, what was your take of that Brett interview, Jason? And have you talked to anybody in the industry, any sources about uh, wh- whether it's being, whether uh, there's something to rebut in terms of Brett's perspective on things? I okay. I, I've never heard anyone complain about the muscle buster, and, and that's something that would definitely come up if there were issues with it. If they felt Joe was like routinely reckless with it, that certainly would have come up over the years. I, I just haven't heard it, and in this case, it just seemed like any other muscle buster. And so i I didn't. I don't think it was reckless. I haven't. That doesn't seem to be anything in, anyone in WWE is saying. Um, I, I think Brett has. Good days and Brett has bad days, and perhaps due to his own head trauma issues. I'm not sure. This yeah. is family. I get that he's defensive, and I, I kind of it'd be nice to hear something from Tyson Kidd and Natalia about this. The fact that they haven't said anything really pub- too much publicly about it kind of it makes this the only thing coming out of their camp, if you will. And so, if, if they don't, if they feel that way, they feel that way. But if they don't, I, I hope they will kind of set the record straight on this. I, I do too. Um... I mean, I, I want to just pause for a second and, and really let it sink in. Tyson Kidd was a world-class athlete getting probably the biggest push of his life with Cesaro in a tag team that was really taking off. Um, Steve Austin, when I was on his show, ta- every time we reviewed a pay-per-view, he was talking about that show or uh, that tag team and wanted to see them stay together for a long time. Now, he's 34 years old, finally in a really cool spot on the roster. 
and good chemistry with Cesaro, an athlete his whole life, and boom. You know, I mean, it's an accumul- it can be an accumulation-type injury, or it can be something that happens because something goes wrong. That's where we'd want to hear from Tyson Kidd or, and or Natalia, who's obviously his wife and close to him, can give details on it. Um, I, he now has to have major, serious surgery and miss a lot of time as opposed to doing what he wants to do. I mean, which is go out there and work and wrestle and earn money and 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 really kind of he's kind of clicking. I just when this stuff happens, it's so easy to just kind of forget about that these are people who have these career aspirations. They've worked sometimes decades since they were teenagers to get to the spot that they're in. And when something serious like this happens, it is a very big deal. And I bet Natalia and Kid are weighing their words carefully and trying to decide what to do. I thought for Brett to say that they gave Kid the assignment too late and he didn't have time to prepare, that's Tyson Kidd. He's going on 35 years old, a ton of wrestling experience. Um, I just don't know that I would say that with a move that's been done so much from a, guy, a veteran, highly respected guy like Samoa Joe without a history of hurting people, that it's not like they threw that threw him in the ring with Joe on short notice and he's a rookie who hadn't been in the ring with so many other people. I mean, he's been to Japan and 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 obviously wrestled a ton in in, in Canada, uh, has traveled to Europe, has has traveled the world. I just don't I'm just skeptical that he needed more time to prepare for the muscle buster and that that had, that, that was a contributing factor. But Jason Brett in it, I thought it was an inflammatory interview. I talked in depth about it on the VIP Keller hotline several days back. Um that was one of the more uh provocative comments from Brett uh, and uh, really I mean I, I, when I read that interview I just thought I don't know that he's going to be welcome back in WWE assuming that they take what he says seriously and I and I think they should I, I would hope it doesn't get to that like I said you know Brett when I say he has good days and bad days it just seems like it's with his moods and you know publicly lately it's been a lot more good than bad and this was kind of the first one where it was like wow so you know what what's uh what's stuck in Brett's craw uh, because it was yeah. that it was just, it, I, I felt like the, the Daniel Bryan comments were kind of unnecessary. Even if he feels that way, that might be one you're better off, you know, just kind of keeping to yourself rather than coming out and proclaiming the guy's career is over because you've been through something similar. I know. And that's the thing I, you know, you want to say, well, Brett's got credibility. He's been around. He's seen a lot of guys who have gone through surgery, but at the same time, he's like, Daniel Bryan's career is over pause, but he doesn't know it yet. You know, like, whoa, whoa. You can't say his career is over without knowing more than Daniel Bryan does and then say, well, Daniel Bryan doesn't know it either. So, yeah, I mean, it's I wouldn't say you roll your eyes at it. It's it sound. I mean, this Daniel Bryan situation is very serious. And I think Brett was right that Daniel Bryan, when he did, came back, was doing moves he should not have been doing. I think we were all gasping at some of the stuff that Bryan was putting his body through, including that. Uh, again, I forget. Was it on SmackDown? The. Uh, the Luke, I think it was a Luke Harper back suplex where Brian just landed really hard on, on the back of his head and neck. And I mean, I practically jumped out of my chair and it was a few days later that then he got hurt on, on tour. And I, I just thought Brian just didn't, wasn't willing to slow down and was testing his body out. Like Brett said, in a way that that was reckless because Brian was approaching his mid thirties also. And there just comes a point where that wear and tear makes you more, more vulnerable and I mean, I've been talking on this show for years. I wanted him to slow down, extend his career, earn some money, give fans the pleasure of seeing him do some of the signature moves. But he didn't need to wrestle like a 27-year-old in Ring of Honor or in Japan anymore. He, he had paid those dues. And that, that part of his artistic career, prudently speaking, should have been over. 
Yeah, I, and I'm happy you made that. You, you brought that up about Brett because that's where I felt like he was spot on. Was uh, with Daniel Bryan taking some unnecessary risks, and you're right. It's it's we we've both been talking about that for the longest time, and I I, I think it was there was a Harper match. There was a very physical match with Sheamus as well. And the Sheamus match, he just started throwing headbutts to Sheamus's head out yep. of the blue. It was like, what are you doing? And I, yep. I, I, Daniel Bryan has explained this away in the past as saying that he, you know, it's, it's the artistic side of him doesn't want to give these things up. And unfortunately, you know, you, you, you pay a price when you continue to work that style, when your body is, you know, you've already gone through as much as he has and you have some of the limitations, but Hopefully he can come back from this. I, I, I'm not going to proclaim his career over like Bret Hart has. Hopefully, uh, I mean, the thing is, we don't even know what the injury is. And Bret, the way Bret was talking certainly points to concussion. Um, and that's been heavily rumored, but it's nothing that WWE or Daniel Bryan has confirmed. And you know, if, if it is concussion, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's either that or neck, I would think, because he's had the surgery done. And, and so... It's definitely alarming as far as uh, his his future is concerned. But I just, if I'm Bret Hart, I just keep that part to myself. I don't start telling everyone that Daniel Bryan's career is over. Yeah, that's up for Daniel Bryan to announce. It's up for, there's certain things that Bret says where you kind of think, are you the right person? And is this the right time to be saying it? But um, you know, Brett's kind of in that I don't care part of his life. You know, he's in that I don't care mode. I'm going to say what I want to say when I want to say it. All right, we're now in the VIP After Show portion of the program. Uh, Jason, welcome to the VIP After Show. It is so wonderful to be here. It's so much better than that uh, regular show we do. Yes, that's what I try to tell people. You know, it's it's better on this side of the this side of the uh, VIP doors. But the tough enough height last night it was pretty heavy, but it should be. Um, and I, it just while I was watching the heads, I'm just like, it's like Hulk Hogan should have been enough. Chris Jericho should have been enough. Like it is, and but I'm not complaining. I'm just like they really to get on USA Network. They loaded this up. I mean, no Rock, no Steve Austin, but I mean Lita and Booker T. It's just like there's a lot of star power on this show. Do you think this has a chance to do decent USA Network caliber numbers? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I think one of the benefits is it's the night after Raw. There's not a lot of time for people to forget, and I. I I think the tough enough concept was a successful one. I don't think it ever did bad numbers. It just when they would try to use it as the lead in for Raw, that was wasn't that back in the days when they were doing um, was it NCIS was always doing really you know strong numbers as the lead in. It was just like, well, why wouldn't we air this instead of airing a show that we've got to pay all this money to produce? Mm-hmm. Now that it's you know, USA doesn't have as much going for it. I, I don't feel as as it once did. So I, yeah, I don't see what you know. I don't know what number they're looking for. Yeah, but I don't expect raw like numbers or anything crazy like that. But I, I think it can do acceptable USA Network numbers. From what you have seen of the uh, was final thirteen, right? Is that where we're at? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody there at this stage jump out as as someone that you're going to keep an eye on, or you're just pretty open to learning about all, everybody at once and and following it as we go. Um, you know, let me get the, uh, we'll only take a second here. I'll get the, uh, the, the cast handy because there actually were it, strictly cosmetic, I, I think is really, you know, we don't have much to go on be, aside from that right now. Yeah. And so Amanda, 
she's she's a, a one of the couple of the blondes they have on the show. From a cosmetic standpoint, I think she's going to be exactly what Vince McMahon likes, and uh, the other blonde is probably right there with her. And then uh, on the uh, the guy side, I I think just looking at his biopic was like okay, there's probably not much here. But then you see the guy in action a little bit, and he's pretty well put together. It's Hank from uh, Macon, Georgia, and then I think it's uh, Josh is the other Joshua is the other guy. Those were the two guys just that. Uh, on eye test alone, it's like, ah, oh, you never know. They, 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 they I, I think they're going to, for cosmetic reasons, be around for a while. From a uh, reality TV standpoint, is this a show that you think non-wrestling fans are going to watch, or is this really largely going to be based on some sort of percentage of raw viewers? I, I think it's raw viewers. I, I think you now it could be like in my home it, my girlfriend couldn't care less about when raw's on it's just you know kind of it, it, it she knows to expect it she's not paying attention to it and she always seems to walk in the room when the the most ridiculous absurd thing that ever happens on raw happens um with tough enough she actually has some interest and so it, it's I, I don't know that if if i didn't cover this she would care enough to sit down and watch it but it might be something like that where all right, you're, you know somebody who usually watches Raw now is joined by somebody else in in the same room. It's not going to show up in the ratings, but I don't think there's a whole lot of crossover. I just don't know how good of a job they've done promoting it to the non WWE audience. I, that's a thing, you know. I mean, there's going to be people who just reflexively go to USA, and maybe some of them will end up watching this because it's different. But yeah, I mean, as Triple H said in the USA Today article yesterday, um, this is a chance if you're a wrestling fan to see somebody who might be headlining WrestleMania 20 years from now walk sure. to the Performance Center for the first time and throw up in a trash can. And I can think of no better pitch for a show for non-wrestling fans <laughs> than watch somebody throw up in a trash can. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you got to run that quote if you're USA Today, but still. Um, the, the Miz and the After Show, do you think... I mean, this is kind of a takeoff on um, the uh, uh, what AMC does uh, with uh, or E-Network where they talk about things, you know, after they air. Yeah, Talking Dead, that sort of thing. Yeah, is... I mean, Miz having the reality TV history, I kind of like that idea. I mean, it's one of the kind of cool things about WWE Network. They don't really have to ask anybody's permission. It takes almost no money to just have Miz in the studio in Stanford, um, it, where I think he sleeps anyway, and just have him <laughs> you know, do his, do his thing, being on television uh, and, and reacting to a show in a genre that he knows and likes. I think the bigger question is, do you think Johnny Fairplay will end up being a guest on the Tough Enough After Show with Miz? Well, Lord knows he will try. Um, no, I don't think. I think Johnny's Tough Enough moment occurred in the last season when he got to call in because his now ex-wife was on the show. Yeah. Uh, but he will do his he will do his best to uh, I'm sure to uh, get uh, his old buddy Miz to allow him on the uh, on the broadcast. But I, I'm curious to see how Miz does at this because I I enjoy it, it, the right show. There's some bad post shows, and then there's you know Talking Dead does a really good job, and there's some others that I enjoy. Miz, if it's if he's too amped up, and sometimes I just don't think he can help himself. I think a lot of what you see in his character is what you get from him. Um, if it's him being so over the top, it's going to be obnoxious. And I, I, I like the obnoxious Miz character. I don't know that I want that for a post show. So I'm curious to see how he does. I, I'd rather see just you know, from, at first glance without actually seeing how they do. I'd rather see someone like Renee Young in that slot than Miz. 
Yeah, that'd be good. We'll see. I mean, I, I, Miz might be good if he's not too heavy on shtick. I don't think he should break character, but I don't want him to just be over the top. Um, I do think uh, the USA Today article yesterday, uh, the line that jumped out to me most is Hulk Hogan actually said this. Honesty has to be the prevailing factor. Context doesn't matter. Hogan just said honesty has to be the prevailing factor. That's unprecedented. Hulk Hogan unapologetically, unabashedly is the biggest BS spewer to mainstream media members who don't know any better. And he's done it for decades. And as he told me in a Torch Talk back in 2000, he essentially said... Of course I'm going to lie because my job as Terry Bollea doing these interviews is to hype the Hulk Hogan brand. And if the media members aren't going to know any better, I'm going to say whatever will give me, uh, give them what they're looking for, which is a headline and column inches and provocative quotes. I'm going to say whatever, it, it, whatever is historically inaccurate to boost my own image. I'm sure there's some things Hogan has said over and over over the years that he actually believes himself now. But I right. just love that. you know. And, and I don't even know that that's all that wrong, I guess. I mean... Hogan but he's doing it again here. Like, honesty really matters. I mean, <laughs> yes. it, it, what does honesty have to do with the tough enough competition? I, I know. Well, he's saying, I don't want to be a bully like Simon Cowell, but, um, you know, we've got to be honest. In other words, he's saying you might see a side of Hogan being critical because, you know, I don't just uh, want to be Ellen. That's what he's From saying. his perspective, I see. Yeah. I thought he was talking about the contestant, so he needs to be Oh, honest. I'm sorry. Yeah, as a judge. I, like I said, context didn't matter. Just Hogan saying honesty is important. I just had to say that out of context because it's so ridiculous, Hogan, you know, given his history. But the actual quote is fine, which is, as, now we'll see how he does. But he's saying, as a judge, I don't want to be a bully, but I have to be honest. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, I just, I mean, is he going to have to give some honest assessment? Sure. Yeah, you know, but it's Hogan. Unless he really plays it up for the camera, I just don't see him going too aggressive at anyone. Um, I, I think he's going to be the guy that's really laying it on thick and singing the praises of the guys who impress him more than anything. Yeah. Yep. Some of Pro Wrestling's best podcasts are VIP exclusive, and you can go VIP and find out why we have been supported by paid subscribers for over 30 years with our exclusive top-shelf content, including Pro Wrestling Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell with the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. I usually host that program, although he has a variety of guest hosts with different themes and unmatched historical insight, but primarily providing insight and hard-hitting analysis and opinion on what today's news means. Also, The Fix with Todd Martin. Every midweek, Todd and I sit down for two and a half, three and a half hours with analysis of the latest TV shows and major events from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and many others. Plus, he'll keep you up to date on what just happened in the world of MMA, USC, Bellator, and more, and what's coming up the following weekend. Plus, book reviews, reviews of documentaries, and so much more comprehensive coverage of the worldwide pro wrestling scene. And then the unmatched mailbag segment. This is one of the highlights of the week in the pro wrestling podcast world. I know I sound like I'm exaggerating, but this is great stuff. The fixed listeners provide fantastic questions and Todd delivers every week. You will learn, you will think, and you will appreciate professional wrestling on another level when you go VIP. And that includes Bruce and Todd joining me for post-pay-per-view roundtables following WWE and AEW pay-per-view events. 
where we spend roughly an hour, sometimes longer, breaking down the pay-per-view. As soon as it ends, we are recording that podcast, and within about 90 minutes, it's available for VIP members on our VIP-exclusive podcast feed. All the VIP shows are available on popular podcast apps on both iPhone and Android. No ads, no plugs on the VIP exclusives, and we remove the plugs and ads from the free shows that also show up on the VIP podcast feed sometimes sooner than the general public has access to them. That's just scratching the surface. Go check out full details on VIP benefits, including retro radio shows from the early to late 1990s, our podcast dating back to the mid-2000s, back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, over 1,600 of them, and so much more. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Join the ranks of the most well-informed and most entertained pro wrestling fans with the best podcast lineup anywhere. Go VIP and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed also. A huge bonus. PWTorchVIPInfo.com. Okay, uh, TNA. Yes, I said it. TNA. I said the number, the initials. What uh, what's your take on the Slammiversary lineup and the fact that they're going to be on traditional pay per view? Is there a Slammiversary lineup? Well, don't they hype it every week on Impact the last eight weeks? Um, no, I mean, it's it's it's, their, it's the biggest event they've had in a long time. I can't imagine there must be a lineup. Yeah, well, we know there's a King of the Mountain match. We just don't know for what title. Um, I assume it's the TNA title. We know there's the battle of the bromance because nothing sells pay-per-views like bromance fighting against one another. And we know there's something with Magnus and James Storm. There might be more advertised. I, if there is, I don't know. This is like this in, in a company that's just been filled with just insane, crazy moments. This is like one of the most insane times in, in TNA history, just from the television production schedule alone. Yes. Because tomorrow they're live to tape. And the, originally they were going to have EC3 face Kurt Angle for the TNA title on Slammiversary. And then when Destination America moved the show from Friday to Wednesday, they had to kind of alter their taping schedule. So you're going to have basically everything taped for future television shows be taped before the live pay-per-view. So And all those shows will air after the live pay-per-view. Yeah. So TNA, in their just infinite wisdom, announces that they're moving the TNA pay-per-view title match to regular TV. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, so they'll air that on the live-to-tape show, you know, the tape delay show, which is coming up uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday. No, they're doing that next week. Does that make any freaking sense whatsoever? No, it doesn't. So they're going to tape that match this week. Yep. And then air it after the paper. Why wouldn't you just do that tomorrow? Or just keep the title match on the pay per view. And yeah. I know their see their their thing is well, it would make if they aired it live or on delay tomorrow. Then if they can uh, acknowledge it on Slammiversary and also acknowledge it on the post Slammiversary TV shows they tape, and obviously the commentary is done after that tomorrow. If you if you if right. you did it on the tape delayed show, then you could do all of that. That's what I'm. No, that's is what I'm saying. That's okay. That's why it makes sense to do that. But when you now are saying we're going to tape the title match next next week or for next week, but you're taping it this week, it really does say our Slammiversary pay per view. We're not going to have a title match on that show, and it's 
our anniversary, our slammiversary. I mean, yeah, King of the Mountain, Wolves and Bobby Roode and Austin Aries. James Storm and Magnus, probably the most hyped match. Um, I mean, James Storm tried to kill Magnus's wife and then claimed she tripped on her own, which was kind of funny. At least that's what he told me on Twitter. How do you? you know, uh, okay, here's my thing. How do you try to kill someone when you push them in front of a train that's parked? Well, you could get, it, if, if she hurt her ankle and then couldn't get up, and then another train came and squished her, I guess. But Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But come yeah. on. I, I, I just keep calling James Storm an attempted murderer because it's fun, because the whole angle was just so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just like to make it more ridiculous by saying he tried to kill her. But, yeah, I mean, he just butt-butted her to the ground and, you know, hurt her ankle and then said she won't be home for dinner. I mean, it's just... it's just And it, TNA went, da da and moved on to the next segment. Exactly, yes. Exactly. But they but they weren't too ashamed to replay it on the following week's show despite a week of ridicule and, you know, James Storm even doing damage control on his Twitter feed. Um, but yeah, and I can't... Robbie E. and Jesse are actually... Like they're still around and still fighting for those who aren't following TNA. They're having a match against each other. <laughs> they're fighting each other now. Yes, yes. They're but they're still involved with each other in some form or fashion. I mean, it is absolutely utterly skippable. I mean, I don't know what else. I, I'm not trying to be mean or anything about this, but there is just no compelling reason with all the television that is on the air available. I mean, there's good cards on WWE Network. There's stuff on YouTube. There's RO, a replay of last Friday's really good ROH pay-per-view. I, I don't usually go this far, but I just, before the show happens, there's just almost no reason to spend $10 on this, much less 30 40 or 50 I feel the same way. I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and let him do tomorrow's show, and maybe there'll be something in the lineup where he'll be like, yeah, but I don't even know what that would be. You know, yeah, I, that's I, the thing. Tomorrow night, King of the they Mountain got is the worst concept ever. It is. <laughs> that, that doesn't help matters. It was just for Jeff Jarrett, and he's gone. Just it, It's a show, it's an event that didn't need to happen. It's an event that they don't care about because they're just trying to survive, um, and they know it's just a matter of it's just a little bit of money. It's it's like doing the paper route for one day. Yeah, you, you end up with a few extra dollars, but that's really not you know a big part of your of your survival or ability to pay bills. And this is just one event that's probably gonna lose. It's just yeah. So tomorrow night they got they got to turn my viewpoint around because I just this is not even better than most editions of Impact. Well, and I'm so tired of that attitude that they have with pay per view. Okay, you're doing it because you're contractually obligated. We get that point, but. Put in some effort. What else do you have to do? I mean, you have your TV show. If you're going to do a title change, you want to show the fan, you know, the, the, the most viewers you can, the title change, fine. But it doesn't mean you just give up on the pay-per-view. There's no excuse for this. This isn't the only one they've done it for. If you ha- even if you have to do it and you're not excited about it, fake your way through it and at least give it an honest effort because maybe, just maybe, if you do your jobs well... The thing might actually sell, and maybe the company makes a little bit of money. But instead, they just act like it's too much work for them. They don't like, you know, we don't want to do this pay-per-view, so let's just phone it in. They can't be bothered to advertise anything. Well, of course it's going to fail. Yeah. I know. It is. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is the approach they've taken for well over a year now with their pay-per-views. Not that they've had many in the last year, but, I mean, this this has been the way. It's just... Oh, they're obligated to do it, and we're just supposed to just accept that. And then meanwhile, here we are paying 30 40 bucks to watch these things. And it's just like you, you should want every dime you can possibly make right now. And for the longest time, they've just – I mean, th- that was a big part of their thing too was, oh, now that we're down to four pay-per-views or whatever it is a year, we can really build up to those. And I'm still waiting for that to happen, Wade. 
All right, can we move on? I TNA's taking too much of our time. I'll give you one more. Okay. They did they did their press conference today. Kurt oh, yeah. Angle, he was talking about how he's got one more run left in him and he's probably got one more year. Now he's telling everybody, no, he's he's gonna be around at least two more years. He doesn't see himself hanging up the boots anytime in the next two years. So there you go. <sighs> well, good update there. Um, all right, let's go to Byron Saxton, all right? Let's let's step up in relevance. Oh, thank God, yeah. Well, uh, you know he's not tough enough tonight. Yes, yes. So Vince B. says, hey, wait, Jason, I can't call in, so email city it is. First off, I'd like to take a moment to defend Byron Saxton. Wade is not the biggest fan of his commentary, to say the least. And I wouldn't call his work phenomenal or even memorable. What? But what Saxton has done is made the three-man booth a lot more tolerable. Gone are King's jokes and Booker T's cringeworthy slip-ups. No longer is there that constant feeling of every announcer getting their stuff in. In Byron's commentary, or lack thereof, we have finally have a trio who doesn't distract from what's going on in the ring. Sure, I'd rather have a two-man team, but if that isn't in the cards, I welcome Cole doing play-by-play, JBL being colorful, and Byron being well-being. Like, this is the most awesome defense of a commentator ever. <laughs> because, I mean, when I say I'm not a fan of Byron, I don't, the only thing I rip on him is it sounds like he tied his tight, his, he tied his tie way too tight, and it's a knot that he can't get out. He's just like, thank you for listening here on Raw. He doesn't have an announcer voice. He's, it, it's pain, it sounds like he's in pain trying to speak. So that bothers me because that just accentuates that he's only there because he looks the way he does. That said, if your defense of Byron is, I'd rather he not there, but at least he's not Booker T embarrassing himself or Jerry Lawler getting his jokes in, and he has minimal input on the show, and so stop ripping on him. It's like he's just there to be pretty. I mean, he's, he, I mean he adds almost literally, almost literally nothing. I don't want to abuse the term literally. And by adds, I just mean on occasion he speaks. But sometimes on that occasion he speaks, like last night on Raw, he's literally, and I'll use this word correctly or accurately here, he's literally just restating what JBL and Michael Cole just said. He is useless because if you subtract him from the show, you don't gain looks. You're not as pretty, the announced team. But you actually lose nothing else. It's just because he, he doesn't have a point of view. He kind of was heelish at the beginning and, and, and snarky and smug, and even that's gone away. There's just He serves no purpose. It's insane that this is something that they insist on. They just want a pretty guy standing there who doesn't even have good pipes just repeating some things. And do, it's just it's pointless. But I'm not, I don't mind, by, I, it's like I'm not anti-Byron other than he doesn't have an announcer voice. It's just like he's not produced. He's put in a losing position. Um, he's okay, I guess, on the panel discussion type shows. But no, I, I'm not a fan of his, of his voice. I, I just think of all the people in the world who love wrestling and have a good voice, it makes zero sense for him to be, to be doing this. I just hope he goes home after, because he's doing this two nights a week on Raw and SmackDown. I hope when the week is over, he's just laughing the whole flight home going, they're paying me to sit there. And, you know, the most he's doing, they trust him to do like the, uh, uh, the, the, the preview for the upcoming match. So he gives Michael Cole a little bit of a break from that. That's it. He's, he's adds nothing. It's the greatest gig in the world. <laughs> it's the greatest gig in the world. That is true. But from our standpoint, um, uh, yeah, it's just, I guess I I I kind of would rather have Booker around because honestly he just gave me so much material. I do you think I mean tough enough obviously is is where he's uh, focusing his energies right now. Yeah. But is this their way? I mean, it, it, like last night, it wasn't like they brought up that 
you know, Brock still owes Booker T an apology or anything like that. Is this their way of getting him out of that role? Because you, we talked about it before. You can't have Booker with some of the things that he says. No. Uh, that, that some of the things that come out of his mouth, you just can't have him on a live television show. No, you can't. And I think if he comes back, he's got to go back to SmackDown if they decide they need to have you know, him on commentary at all. I, it, was, it was embarrassing. It was unprofessional. It was disappointing. He, he needed to be better than that. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, if, if he was on Raw last night, Jason, I would not have been surprised if Booker didn't say after a plug for Tough Enough aired and Michael Cole said some, you know, something about Tough Enough that Booker didn't just after, like all of a sudden pop up and go, yeah, whatever happened to that show? They should bring it back. <laughs> like, I could have seen him saying it. I mean, he's just, he was that not listening and out of touch and not doing his homework and not doing his job. He's, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say I, I miss Booker for any good reason, but for some of the, you know, the, for all the wrong reasons, yeah, I do kind of miss uh, yes. those. He, did he really just say that moment? It, yeah, and there were a lot of them. You don't, you don't get those with Byron because he doesn't say anything. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. No, Byron is just, I mean, Byron doesn't bug me that he's on the show. It's just, it's a waste of a flight. I mean, unless he does other stuff while he's there, but again, it's just... Two man booth. Well, you know what, though? Here's the thing. I'd be a hypocrite, Jason. I got to say this. Byron Saxton, as a third member of the announce team, is as close to my goal as possible, which is a two man announce team. So, in a way, I should be a fan. Yeah. And I think that's kind of Vince's point. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, I get what he's saying. I do. It's just they're a publicly traded company paying a guy to just smile once in a while. I, Booker, Booker had that. Did he really just say that quality to him? And went with Byron, it's, did he really just speak? Yeah, yes. You're, you're like, oh, that's right. He's still around. All right, <laughs> final, final topic. This is uh, dot me, dot .net member GDT1985. Hey, hey, real quick, wait. Do you think Byron Saxon is like calling Impact and Ring of Honor and we just don't know it? He might Maybe be. he's calling that's, every wrestling show. I, I actually think he's, on the, he's uh, part of the three-man announce team on Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes, I, I just I laugh so hard when they're making a big fuss out of Byron being on Tough Enough. Like, anyway, oh my God, I've got to watch now. Byron's on Tough Enough. Yes, because he's pretty. He's an affable, likable, good smile, bright white teeth. Just, we're so proud to have. He him. does have nice teeth. Yes, yes. He. I just. I seriously expect to get my Coles catalog in the mail, and there's Byron showing off the new T-shirt and slacks. For oh, Coles. for sure. Yeah. Harley, remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com.
So this is uh, Gary from Baymanette, Alabama, GT. Oh, you got to say that right, Wade. He's a .NET member. Gary from Baymanette, Alabama. There you go. Uh, Baymanette, Alabama. And he has a couple questions. Wrestling fans seem to be somewhat tired of the same old stuff, from wrestling, WWE especially, which makes me think that Lucha Underground would be more popular. It does take some getting used to, but it's easily a more consistent show. My question is, why isn't it more popular? Is it as simple as a smaller viewer base of El Rey, the fact that it is a week old, so no one calls about it? What is the reason? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, the, we're on the day after the flagship show with the biggest stars, the biggest history, the one that hypes WrestleMania, the one that hypes SummerSlam, the one that Brock Lesnar is on, on and on and on. Of course we're going to get the most calls on Tuesdays about it. But Jason, I, I, and it is like it's six days after it aired, and that is a big disadvantage for Lucha Underground as far as participation in the show. But you would think that our listenership would be more into it, but we don't talk a lot about it either because it's pre-taped. It's a TV series more than a wrestling show. It doesn't really lead to live events. And, I mean, we could talk more about it. We don't, so we're kind of culpable on that. But why, from livecast aside, why isn't it doing better ratings? It's El Rey Network. You know, I mean, exactly. I, it's, it's El Rey Network. They just don't have a large viewership, and that's the problem. And have you heard anything more, Jason, on, on the prospects of Season 2 and it getting picked up in Mexico and having more funding or more revenue opportunities? No. I mean, there was uh, something on one of the – it was a Univision. One of, the, uh, one of the, the Mexican networks had something about ad rates on their site that got everyone excited. And, and so Will Pruitt and I checked with uh, multiple people in Lucha Underground, and, we're, and they kind of made it seem like, eh, nothing to see there. But we're hoping we'll be able to announce something soon. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. They've spent a lot of money. And it, I, I, I mean, El Rey, they're going to get what they get from them. I don't think they can go ask for the moon from El Rey Network. But I think they're really hoping to strike a deal, with a more lucrative deal in Mexico. And that could be the thing that keeps them afloat. But, I mean, they've, if nothing else, they swung for the fences. You know, they didn't just uh, – it may end up being the end of them. But, I mean – yeah. They, they advertised during Raw. I mean, they, they were all over the place. They've really tried to get the word out about the show. I enjoy it with five hours of wrestling on Wednesday. It's a show that I've now fallen a little behind on, but I do enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a true alternative compared to, you know, everybody talks about being an alternative. They really are. I mean, B-Boy was eaten with. And, and it's, it's a true alternative both in terms of in-ring action and the whole presentation of the product. It, it, it is such a different take on things. I hope it survives. I hope it's around. I hope we're talking about season four, four, you know, four years from now. Yeah. Um, but it is harder to invest in a show, and it's so, it, this case with Impact, you know, last year when they were lame duck, and now that they're lame duck, it's hard to invest in a show, and it's why TNA didn't want word getting out the way it did, when you don't know that if they're going to be around past a certain date. And I think getting renewed and getting a solid foundation that they're going to be around will, will help gain interest and give us reason to invest our time talking about them more too all right he's got a second question we'll end on this one the authority lesnar rollins story makes no sense why would the authority hire brock to teach rollins a lesson only to regroup and beat the hell out of lesnar for that matter why would they want the title on someone they can't control the story neatly encapsulates everything wrong with heel authority figure the heel authority figure crutch that wwe won't give up on this is my first time emailing questions i can't call since i'm usually asleep during the actual recording of the show but I really appreciate the amount of interaction you guys have with your communities. As always, thanks for your time, Jason and Wade. Um, we covered this at the top of the show, uh, but uh, Jason, give your best shot to explaining the storyline reason, because I gave my best shot at the top of the show, and you kind of chimed in on it, but what is the storyline reason for they want Brock to teach Seth a lesson, but then at the end of the show, they beat down Brock big time. So what is the... 
if, if do you think that they have an, an explanation in their in their minds and can you guess at what that is no they, they there's no way they could it doesn't make any sense I, 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 the only way you could spin this is that well because Seth was apologetic then they started to have second thoughts and now they like Seth again and, and now they're having second thoughts about Brock as well I, it it, it, other than that, Wade, I, I, it, you got me. Do you have anything? Well, if let's let's see the authority. Let's say the authority wanted J and J. And by the way, best wishes to Jamie Noble too with his yeah, rib absolutely injuries, with his legit rib injuries from the uh, uh, taping last night or the event last night. Um, J and J and Kane and Seth. Let's assume the authority were behind beating up Lesnar. So the idea is Lesnar is an asset to our company and bringing him back was a necessary evil in order to get everybody on the same page and also to make sure that Seth knows who his daddy and mommy are. Um, so by bringing, Seth, by bringing Lesnar back, we have Seth in our control again. But now that we've taught Seth, you need us or you're in trouble, we... By bringing Brock in, now we need to weaken Brock because Brock is not controllable. And so we want Seth to be scared of Brock enough that he listens to us and does what we tell him. We want the family back together, but we need to weaken Brock so that there's a much higher percentage chance that Seth has, will, will beat him. Now you could say, well, Brock has four weeks to recover, and you've just made him angry. I mean, there is that, but maybe that's, you know, stretching it a little bit in terms of being hard on, on the storyline. But that's my best scenario. Like if, if Michael Cole had to sit down with Hunter and Stephanie and ask them this sto question storyline-wise, uh, I think they would, and they were going to admit their, their motivations and in the, in, in their uh, devious plot, I think they would say, yeah, you know, we wanted Seth humbled and, and realizing he needs us. Having Brock on our shows and competing is best for business. He's a great competitor. But in the end, we want Brock weak enough so that we keep the belt in the family. And therefore, we were happy that Kane and J&J &J and Seth beat him up. That's my best shot, Jason. I don't think it's that bad. It's bad, but it's not that bad. I mean, it, it's, it's a long, winding story. But I think there's enough there that makes sense that you can actually, with a straight face, say it. I'll put it that way. You connected the dots really well. But, but do you feel like... That when they're writing these shows, they're even worried about those dots, or they're just making it up as they go along. I think that there are writers with pride on the writing team who probably wrote the show that way with what I just said in mind, but I'm not sure that Hunter, Steph, and Vince gave a second of thought about it. I also could imagine Paul Heyman, if he were at all invested in the storyline side of this, taking a bunch of, of just a pile of crap and tweaking it without showing up anybody because he's older and more mature now um, and not showing anybody up, but tweaking it in a way where at least the story I gave is a found is, is somewhat of a foundation that he can like lean on as this is how this makes sense. So, Maybe it's the writing team has pride, but Vince Hunter and Steph don't care, and the writing team is trying to fix it and keep it intact. But once it gets down to the, the show time, they don't explain it as well because the announcers, the writing team isn't doing a lot with the announcers. Or maybe Paul fixed something that was even worse. Yeah, you know what? And, and since you're praising writers, whoever came up with the Seth Rollins line last night asking if uh, he thought, if, if Hunter and Steph thought that 
Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury and Kane would apologize to him. Give that writer a race. That was that was one of the funniest things I've seen on TV this year. <laughs> yes, I commented on that on the color outline. I think at the, I'm thinking of the same moment where uh, Hunter and Steph go, you know, maybe an apology is in order, and Seth is like, oh. Yeah, yeah, if J&J apologized to me, that would go a long way. <laughs> and I was just like, that was, that was one of, uh, I, I don't know if I said that was a highlight of the show or if there was another line, but that, that was absolutely awesome. Seth is so good in his role, and they're writing material for him. I'm not sure, as we've had some callers suggest, it's the best role for him as a heel world champion. But yeah. in terms of writing an entertaining character to be kind of the lead heel of the group, if you're going to still have Hunter and Steph overshadow your heel world champion, Seth is about as good as it gets. So that's a lot of qualifications, but if you are going to have Hunter and Steph overshadowing and controlling your top heel world champion, Seth is about as entertaining as it gets. He's really, really surprisingly good in these roles. And by the way, that's good comedy. It didn't take yep. a wacky skit. It didn't yes. take our truth clowning it up. That's just that's good pro wrestling comedy now, right Now, would there. it have been funnier if Seth Rollins was holding a plunger? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, my God, yeah. yeah. What are they doing? I, I, I'm, in, I'm so embarrassed for them every time our truth appears on camera. I am too. I mean, it's and it's sad because Ron Killings is play the clown for white rich people who's control their fate, and that's what he's doing. And it's sad that he's willing to do it, but it's even more sad that Vince McMahon doesn't get that. The fact that Ron Killings is entertaining to him in this R Truth character role makes him racist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just does. And I just don't know, going on 70 years old, that, that Vince is going to be open to, uh, to discussing this um, or you know, wanting to hear criticism of it. Uh, but I, I just think it's shameful. I do have to say we are uh, tomorrow to be two months until Vince McMahon turns 70. I am uh, expecting there to be a WWE.com story on a massive birthday party for him, just as there was when he turned 60. And who knows if it's even, if it's even possible for Vince McMahon to get even more batshit crazy than he already is. But I'm looking forward to seeing what, this, what Vince McMahon in his 70s has in store for us, because it has been quite the ride in his 60s. This this might be the one the party where he just kills everyone around him. I, I put nothing past the man. Just and, and he does. You know what? It, you know what it'll be though. It'll be pushing everybody in a pool, but the pool doesn't have water in it, and he just doesn't realize it. <laughs> and you know what? It's kind of like James Storm and Mickey Mickey James. It, it's kind of along those lines. Just you know, start butt butting everybody into a pool with no water, and he can laugh as their head splits open. And the I don't know Vince's Vince's seventieth birthday party is something that I would kind of like somebody to. And I don't normally recommend this because it is an invasion of privacy and illegal. But please, somebody record it for us and put it on the internet. I'd rather have that than another Hulk Hogan sex scene on Gawker. Do you think he'll do uh, stand back just for old time's sake? <laughs> Probably. And then Pat Patterson will be there to sing Frank Sinatra and who knows. Does Pat else. know another song? He does it wonderfully. I, I've yeah. seen that. But I mean, yeah. does he know another song? Because every time you hear about Pat singing, it's my way. Yep. I do not know if he knows another song. I don't know. Maybe somebody can email us and tell us. It just plays on a loop on his iPad. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Tough Enough's on deck here. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the VIP After Show. Until next time, on behalf of Wade Keller. Oh, wait. On behalf of Jason Powell, this is Wade Keller signing off. This is
when I tout VIP membership to you, the listener, I often talk about the current podcasts, that there are VIP-exclusive podcasts like The Fix with Todd Martin, The Wade Keller Daily Hotline, The Post-Pay-Per-View Roundtables, The Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, Alan Cunahan's Progress Paradise, and many, many more. Um, also, I talk about how these shows are ad-free. The ads and plugs are edited out. Something I don't talk a lot about are the 20 years ago back issues that we post every week. The year 2000 was fascinating. If you go VIP now, you can catch up on the first few months of those 20 years ago back issues as soon as you become a VIP member. The January 1st, 2000 back issue headlines with a triple length torch talk with The Rock. My exclusive one-on-one Q&A with The Rock talking about his career and some uh, comments that raised some eyebrows. Do you see what I did there? Also, uh, the next week, it was uh, Terry Funk being named commissioner of WCW. That was a cover story. Plus a ton of behind-the-scenes happenings in WCW, including Goldberg's injury and the planned returns of Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Then the January 15th, 2000 cover story featured Steve Austin switching doctors right before major neck surgery. The January 22nd, 2000 edition featured a cover story of a week of major changes in WCW, including Vince Russo being demoted, Chris Benoit winning the world title, and then being stripped of it, and requests by a number of wrestlers to be released from their contracts. And then after that, we detailed the following week on the January 29th cover story, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn heading to the WWF. Then the February 5th, 2000 issue features... Eddie Guerrero suffering a serious injury in his first WWE match and details of the debut of the Radicals plus the May Young nudity controversy. Let's see what I had to say about that. Also, that featured my annual in-depth WCW roster depth chart. The February 12th issue featured a cover story on the launch of the XFL and how it was following ECW's approach plus my annual ECW roster ranking and the annual Most Influential list, who had the most power behind the scenes in professional wrestling. Then a cover story on how WCW blew an opportunity to win over new fans with the unopposed Nitro when Raw was preempted. That was the February 19th, 2000 cover story. Also details in the Newswire on Scott Hall's conduct overseas and Shane Douglas being fired. The February 26, 2000 issue features a cover story on Hulk Hogan as WCW's morale buster. We took you behind the scenes with sourced reporting on what Hogan was doing behind the scenes to really bring down morale in WCW. Also, my editorial examining Vince McMahon's critical comments aimed at Mick Foley's wife. That just covers January and February. Every week, a new back issue from 20 years ago is posted. So go VIP and read fascinating, authoritative, well-sourced, behind-the-scenes details on professional wrestling and hard-hitting editorials on the controversies of the day. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip. That's pwtorch.com slash govip and dive into our archives. There are over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter with PDFs. And all text versions. So you want to read it on your phone, your tablet, your laptop. There's a format that works for you. So that's pwtorch.com slash govip. Rates start as low as $9.99 for one month or $8 and change if you get a one-year subscription. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, 
as well as a rotating cast of guests cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Cheers! In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT 8 Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.